And everybody, good morning to you. Hello. <laughs> I trust everybody. Brought one of these. Somebody said, you said that. Well, I just want you to know that this church uses a King James Bible. Amen. And in the offering, I was busy doing something, but I got my offering envelope right here all filled out. I trust you. You know, the Lord wants to bless you, but you can't be blessed if you don't give the Lord something to bless you. So I gave my offering, my tithes, everything into the house of church. Amen. If you want to give to this ministry, you can make a check. However, send it to the Holy Ghost and Fire Church. Amen. If you look at the internet, our website and stuff on our program, you'll be able to see the addresses you need to send to. <clears throat> Somebody said, what you do? Well, very simple. You got tithes and stuff you want to send? P.O. Box 69, French Camp. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, then Ben and I have probably ruffled everybody's feathers this morning with what I said, but that's all. I do it quite a bit. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn with me for just a few moments. I've been looking at several things in my Bible, and believe me, there's a lot in it to look and, and to read and to study, and you have to open up. This is the book. This is your manual, church. I said, this is your manual. You need to carry your manual. You need to look at your manual. You need to understand your manual. And when I say that, I'm talking about very seriously. As I look at this book, I look at it and I think about it. And as I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I said, Lord, what do you want them to? What do you want to be preaching this church? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what. I have come to the conclusion. I know only one thing: Jesus Christ and Him crucified, Him buried. Amen. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I once heard Billy Graham say, and somebody said. Billy Graham, who is he? Well, he used to be a big evangelist. He said, if the resurrection didn't happen and you're attending church someplace and you don't believe in the resurrection, he said, you're not going to make it. You have to believe in the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead. <clears throat> And so I was looking at it, and that's how I would think, and I'd like you to turn with me just for a few moments in your Bible. Amen. No glory. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 15. I'm going to be talking about, in chapter Acts 15, I'm going to be talking about the 16th verse. Amen. I said the 15th verse. My Bible says, after this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, 
And I will, what? I will build again the ruins thereof. And I will set it up. This is a verse that was quoted in the Bible, the Old Testament. I have heard this sermon. I have heard preachers preach from this many of time. And I looked at it and I thought, well, it sounds good. But I want you to understand something. This will not happen. I said, this will not happen until after the tribulation. And at Christ, part of the temple was. Of course, we know the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. Amen. By the Romans. Uh-huh. Jesus even predicted that that would happen when His disciples came to Him. And so, you see the city down there? Look at the temple. You can see everything. How it's beautiful. And Jesus, not one stone will be left upon another. Even today, guess what? They do not have that temple. Amen? So as I'm standing here and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about what in the world are we talking about? Well, we're talking about something very seriously. Whoop! Amen. Sometimes you sort of stagger. You want to do something and you can't exactly get it straight. And so once you're looking at it and you continue to think about it, somebody says, well, what's wrong with you, preacher? I'm doing something. Hello. Hallelujah. When I <clears throat> looked at it and I was thinking, this will not be built probably until the beginning of the millennium when Jesus come back. So as I was looking at it, I said, Lord, what are you want me to preach? What is so far? So I read the chapter very clearly. And the thing I want you to look at in verse 6. Verse 6 says, And the apostle and the elders came together for to consider the matter. This is going to be a meeting of the church in Jerusalem. It's a very important subject we're going to talk about. They have come, and they are looking at it, and this is a fact. I want you to understand. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up, and said unto them, Men, brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choices among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should, what? Listen what it says. Mouth. Should hear the word of the gospel. And believe. I looked at this for a while. Now, you have to look at the context. Barnabas and Paul 
at the church of Antioch. They are both filled with the Holy Ghost. Barnabas came when nobody else wanted to have anything to do with a man called Saul. Because Saul persecuted the church, he condoned people to be hauled off, to be killed, and then he's converted. I said he's converted. And so him and Barnabas are preaching the gospel, and something is going to happen. Some people have come down from Judah and they're looking at this church and what they're saying, you need to be baptized. No. You need to follow. No. They said, you need to be circumcised. You need to be circumcised. And Paul and Barnabas had a little meeting and hard discussion about what has happened. But verse 15 says, chapter 15, verse 1, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be That'd be like me looking at you and saying, all right, you'll walk down by faith. You can't unless you do our little 16 steps. Now, when you look at circumcision, it was given. A lot of people think circumcision came in with the law. No, it came in with Abraham. Abraham, God made a covenant with Abraham. Circumcision has nothing to do with the church of Jesus Christ. I said it has nothing. And so they got, so they had been called to go to Jerusalem to bring this matter about. Paul had a lot to say about it in his epistles about this situation. So Peter is talking about it. Peter is saying, he said, God had chosen me. He sat there. He has listened to what these Pharisees have said. He's listened to the discussion that is going on. He listens to Paul and Barnabas. And as he's listening to him, he's standing there or sitting. I don't know how they did it in their day. But when I looked at it, I was thinking. In verse 8, the word of the gospel. I often make a statement. I'm 22 years old, and I've been in a lot of churches, but I never heard the word of the gospel. I never knew that Jesus died on a cross for me at all. But my wife, she's saved. And people say, well, you got to get baptized. And they kept telling me, why would I have to? I'm, baptism's not going to save me. I'm not saved to start with. 
Amen. So Peter is listening to this situation. He said, well, just put it in. Poor man talk. I remember I was praying and I had a vision. And he's talking about the 10th chapter. He talked about, but the thing that struck me the most is verse 8 when you look at it. And God, which knoweth the heart, bear them witness, bear them witness by giving them what? The Holy Ghost. So, how do you know they're born again, washed in the blood of holy of God, in the precious blood of the Son of Jesus Christ. You need to know that you're saved. That means when you hear the word of the gospel about how Jesus died, and you sat there and you think in yourself, what shall I do? That what Paul asked. What shall I do? I need to know what I needed to do, how to do it, and why. Now, when I confronted the pastor of that little church that I attended, he said, you got to be baptized. I said, what Leroy Young said, you got to be baptized. And so I just sat there and I looked. I said, so i got to be baptized? I said, okay, that's okay with me. I'm willing. So what? They're going to baptize me. But this is the point. Baptism doesn't save you. You hear what I said? Baptism doesn't save you. The Bible says in the book of Mark, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It's a process of your life moving on. When he said that, and I was sitting there, and I was looking at him, I said, okay, how do you baptize somebody? Hello. A lot of people call sprinkling, baptize. Some people, I've talked to a preacher once, he said, I believe in baptizing them in flowers. And I thought, what in the world did he mean by that? How are you going to baptize somebody in flowers? Well, I guess you'll throw them on the floor and throw a bunch of roses on top of them and stuff. And then you say, you've been baptized. Well, the Bible didn't. So, when I'm looking at it, Peter makes a definite statement. And this is what caught my attention more than everything. Bearing them witness. Now, who is bearing witness about what Peter is talking about? And... Barnabas and Saul also had the same witness of being taught. How? God, knowing the heart, so Peter laying it down, he could see, he said, men and brethren, God knows the heart of these men that has been baptized down there in Antioch where Paul and Barnabas are. God knows their heart. So when I sat on the back row of a little country church, God knew my heart. He gave me, speaking spiritually, a new heart. He gave me 
a new mind. He gave me a new want to. Now, that's one thing, want to. And he taught me and talked to me, Reverend Lee Raw Young, about things. And most of my, what is, what is a witness? You can make a decision to follow Jesus Christ because God has touched you. And everybody in that church, now listen, listen, listen very closer. Everybody says, I knew Bill got saved. How do you know Bill got saved? I saw him baptized. I saw him in an irrigation ditch with Reverend Leroy Young, the wind blowing and cold in March or something, August or wherever it was, going down in that there and burying me, buried the old man, and I came up. So there are about nine witnesses that I was baptized. But to their mind, I got saved when I got baptized. No, I got saved. As Leroy Young would say, you better get saved first. And then you'll get baptized. You don't get baptized and then get saved. He said, you have a half. He'd say, you got to have a born-again experience. And my friend, if you don't have a born-again experience, you're going to go to hell. That's why he was very forceful. He was very about what he's talking about. And he did. And I thought about this. I was looking here. That is what Paul said. Paul looked at those Judaizers and he said, No! They're not going to be circumcised. So they called a council, a meeting. They sent them up. Paul and Barnabas going. They preaching the wonderful Word of God. And Peter said, at standing in this council now, Peter standing in the council. How did Peter know that the house of Cornelius was saved? By their profession of faith? No. God knew their heart. Peter wrestled with it on top of the roof. Mm -hmm. Had a vision coming up and down, up and down, all kind of animals. But he reasoned in his mind, why was God doing this to Peter? It was one thing. When the vision did, he said, you've got men standing downstairs, want you to go with them. They're not Jews, God. You know I haven't did anything wrong. You know I have never ate anything. And according to the Jewish deal, you don't even mingle with the Gentiles, period. And now here stands Paul. No. Here stands Barnabas. No. Here stands Peter in that council. Listen to what has been said. If you know about Acts chapter 11, Peter was called on the carpet for about the same thing. They called him on the council and said, Boy, we understand that you went and ate with Gentiles. 
You went down to a bunch of Gentiles, and that's all they got heart. You went down, you went down to them. And then Peter gets up and rehearses the whole thing. Now, quite a bit of time has traveled here. And now Paul is reaching out. Some people lift Paul higher than what Paul needs to be lifted. Some people lift Peter higher than what he needs to be lifted. We are all servants of God. Everybody born again in this church, you are a servant of God to do His will. What was Peter answered to this meeting? What? Very simple. Peter didn't say, well, they're baptized in the name of Jesus. No, Peter didn't say that. Now, remember, Peter's having problems, too, with this in Acts 10 on top of the roof. But then Peter changed his mind because God won. He went to the man's house and stood there talking to him, preaching to the house. Everybody said they did. And Peter's standing there after he preached in this house, telling how about Jesus, how Jesus was sent, you know, of God and anointed with the Holy Ghost and everything. But six Jews was with him too, and they were all standing there looking and said, Brother, we're in trouble when we go back home. We're not supposed to fellowship with these Gentile people. We're not supposed to do this. And then something happened. In the 10th chapter of Acts, something happened, and Peter talked about it. And Peter is referring to that incident right here. It's an incident we have to stop and vent. When you sit there and the Lord talks to you, whether you're sitting on a front row, the middle of a church, on the back row, God talks to you as an individual through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I said through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when I was looking at that, I was thinking, Peter, why did you think they needed to be baptized? Hmm. That's a pretty serious question. Well, Peter told the council in the 11th chapter, well, who was I to refuse to baptize them? They received this, what Peter said, they received the same gift that me and the others received in Acts 2 in an upper room. And we were praying, he said, and all of a sudden, fire was on each individual. All of a sudden, he said, the Holy Spirit came down, God did in such power, such anointing, and we all talked in tongues. Somebody said, you've got to be saved to talk in tongues. I'm going to tell you what to do. Receiving the Holy Ghost will say that you're saved. So Peter said, how could I deny water baptism of these people when they have 
receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's a very important thing. You Pentecostals, and you're in a Pentecostal church, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's like walking into the lobby of a building and you want to go in to get more out of it. That is just the entrance in. You telling me well, I don't have I didn't say that. I said to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of talking in tongues. That is very important. Because you look at it and you're staring at it and you're looking at that first. So what was the witness? Peter is talking. What is the witness? If God and here's a, and God which knoweth the heart, that's a very important thing. God knew my heart. Amen. If you've been saved, God knows your heart, and you have it. And now Peter's going to use a word here. He bared them witness. How did he bear them witness? How do people receive the Holy Ghost? How do you follow them and look at them and witness? And it says right here, very simple, very clearly. Gave them the Holy Ghost. Even as He did unto us. Now, who did the giving? It's very important for you to make the decision. Who did the decision? All I'll tell you one thing, it was God. Amen. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Amen. The Father is sitting on the throne. Jesus asked him. Father, I told him that we want to give him the Holy Ghost. So God gave him the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost came down on them and they talked in tongues. Uh, Peter and them was saved first. Jesus in John chapter 20, Jesus breathed on them and told them, Receive the Holy Ghost. At that time, they had not actually received the Holy Ghost. Because in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem until they be endued with. Now, listen to me, what I'm going to say. Until you be endued with power. Somebody said, what do you mean? They have the Holy Ghost. You can talk in tongues. But that is just the door that has been opened like this. You have talked in tongues. And you're standing in the lobby of a church or a foyer of your house that you haven't went into the church. You haven't went into your house. You need to go further into the house. And when you walk into a house, you discover there's a lot more in there. God has a lot more for you. He wants to give you a lot more. So somebody looked at that again and said, Well, no witness giving them the Holy Ghost. 
And then verse 9 says, putting no difference between us and them. So he's telling these, this Jewish council, it makes no difference with Cornelius. It makes no difference with Barnabas and Paul at Antioch. God does not discriminate at all in the church of Jesus Christ. So Peter said, how do you say, how did you know? Peter said, I heard them speak with tongues. Now, I'm a little worried when I have somebody standing and said they talked in tongues and never says anything. There should be some kind of witness. And here it is, witness. So what you're dealing with here, in reality, when you're dealing here in this chapter, you're dealing with the Old Testament Jewish Moses deal. Other what to come down, those Pharisees said, you've got to become postalites. You've got to become Jews. And according to that, you couldn't do it to three or four generations that you might work through it. And Paul didn't see it that way. And Paul talked about it that way. Peter talked about it. The Holy Ghost, no different. Here it is. Purified their heart by faith. By faith. Have your heart been purified by faith? Did you sit there on the back row of a little country church and God took your spirit by faith what you believe because I believe the message that was being preached that night. I accepted that message by faith. Now, when I say by faith, I didn't stand on a hill with John. I didn't hear Jesus talk to John and say, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. Jesus made provision for his mother. I didn't hear that. I didn't see Jesus put in a tomb. But I believe he was put in a tomb. I know from reading this book that Jesus went down, not to the burning side of hell, but he went to paradise. And guess who's in paradise? Well, if Jesus died and he went down, he went to paradise and he talked to a man called Abraham. No, what kind of witness? A Bible said Jesus said, Abraham saw my day. Standing on top of a mountain with his son, laying on an altar, going to kill him. And his son said, where's the sacrifice, Father? He said, God will provide his sacrifice. And he turned around, the angel from heaven said, Nope, don't touch him. He saw a ram. He saw more than a ram. He saw my day. He saw Christ dying on top of that mountain. 
I said he saw it. Spiritually, God opened his eyes and he followed it by faith. That night, I received the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. It is an experience that you will have that you know God has changed you inside. You walk out of the place a different person. My wife, she said, I went to church with my husband and I came home with a stranger. I never did understand what she meant by that, but I wasn't a stranger. I just stood there and I thought, I haven't changed. I could, I looked down at my hands and I said, well, I haven't left no house. I haven't left no job. I haven't left no, but I'm just the same. I got the same bills. I got the same everything I did. So I started walking this Christian life. Now, Sooner or later, if you're going to walk this Christian life, even if you're a Baptist, there's going to be some kind of witness that's going to come along with you. You might not understand it fully, but I read the text. I read it over and over and over and everything. And I asked them about it. I asked the preacher about it. I asked different people about it. I said, what about this Acts 2-4? Don't worry about it, preacher. It's all gone. It won't happen again until the tribulation talking to the Jews, but it won't happen here. It, that's it. But something inside of me kept going through the book of Acts, and if you're doing, oh, yeah. Well, they talked in tongues there. It is a witness, yeah. Knowing about it and what I should know and how I should know and why I should know. So... I started searching my Bible. I started finding it in the Old Testament. I also found out that Jesus would die on the Old Testament. I started realizing this book tells you how life is going to begin. It does. And it tells you how this life is going to end. I said you have to believe it. Then I received the evidence of talking in tongues. I walked back to my seat, and my wife, she looked at me, and she said, Well? I said, Well, what? She said, Did you? I said, Oh, yeah. I talked in tongues. And I had to go to a preaching engagement. And I came back, and my wife said, You guess what, Bill? I got down and seeked the Lord, and I found myself talking in tongues. I said, yeah. And she said, I was laughing. And she said, it was just joy flooded. And I stood there and I thought, okay. She took a step further than I'd have. But when people ask me, they ask the simple question when I left the Southern Baptist and become a Pentecost church up, they asked me the same thing. Have you talked? In tongues. If all you want is just talking in tongues, that's all you're going to get. But you need to come on into the house. You need to look around in that house. 
There are nine gifts that the Holy Spirit will operate within your life. You have to do it. Well, don't you think you're narrow-minded? Well, let's talk about narrow-minded. Peter said, He that is baptized shall be saved. No. He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Well, if you look at that very carefully and you look at it, what it's actually saying is just, Peter said, authority. Peter is telling them, I'm baptizing you by the authority of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so I looked at that and I thought about it. Now, we we have a man standing here listening to it, the Apostle Paul. If you read the account in the ninth chapter, you don't have much said about it outside of Paul being baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost, which in the first Southern Baptist Church, I received the Holy Ghost. If you're born again, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God. That's going to operate in your life. So how did Paul deal? Well, Paul dealt with it very simple. When he came to town, when he came to Ephesus, he met what? There were some believers there. And they were meeting there. And he walked up. So what would Paul consider a good witness? In the 15th chapter, in the 8th verse, it tells us a witness. He gave them the Holy Ghost. Peter said, as he gave us. And what was the question that was asked? Paul asked. He looked at him. He said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, We haven't even heard whether there's such a thing. And then he, Well, then what was you baptizing to? John baptism. Well, then what did Paul do? Well, they opened up the Scripture and started preaching to him everything else. You have to receive the Holy Ghost. Paul prayed for them in the name of the Lord and baptized them. They're talking in tongues. You hear them. You operate. That is the difference in the early church. That is the witness Paul was looking for. It is the same witness that Peter looked for. Because he knew for them to receive the Holy Ghost, they had to have a witness that Paul could look at them. And Paul could say, yes. Are you saying I can't be saved unless I talk in tongues? I didn't say that. I said, you won't have no power. You won't have nothing because you can't receive the Holy Ghost until you get saved. And then God wants to open the door to you for power to witness, to tell people what you need. And then when this life is over, Paul, if you look at in Philippians, the second chapter, I believe, in the third verse, Paul called these kind of people... Dogs. 
evil workers. Paul was a very blunt man. He preached. He was a little short man. Peter, Paul, a little short man. He was a little bald-headed man. I don't know what Peter was. But they had one thing. They did not have the New Testament. Paul was writing letters. But they did have the Old Testament. They were convinced that they could find every place. And when you start, when we, me and my son are reading through the Bible again, I don't know how many times we have read through the Bible. But every time you read through, you will discover one thing. You'll find things you didn't see before. I find things I didn't see before. But then... When Jesus come back for the church, we'll leave. Now, there are people already there. Hello? I said there are people already there. My wife is there. My father there. My mother there. i got a couple sisters there. But it's something we need to know. We need to talk about. We need to stress. We need to have, if we want to have... Uh, Acts Church, you will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a witness that we serve Him. So I look at you this morning. Are you listening to somebody telling you you got to be circumcised? Are you listening to somebody telling you you got to meet on Saturday. Or you listen to somebody tell you, well, you don't keep the Ten Commandments. No hope. My Bible said, I'm saved by faith. And all that means being saved by faith, I believe. I said, I believe what God says. I think that's the most important thing is believing in what God said. God knows the heart. As Peter said, those Gentiles, God knows the heart. God chose them. God told me, get down off this roof. Go down there. You preach the gospel to them. Don't you worry about whether they're Roman soldiers. But, 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 but what are the Jews going to think? Don't you worry about what the Jews think. You get down and you do what I tell you to do. People say, you believe God does that? Oh, yeah. God has talked to me several times. There are the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. But He has. I have talked and witnessed to people, and I asked them a question. I said, when did you get saved? Nine times out of ten, everybody said this answer. I got baptized. I looked at him. I said, I didn't ask you that. I asked, how do you know you got saved? Well, when I got baptized, no. I can tell you where I got saved. The church is tore down. I can go right there to this day. I actually can walk onto that property. I can open up the doors. They're not there no more. I can walk through the forward. I can turn and look to the right-hand side of a pew was set there 
And the only one ever sat on that pew was my wife, my daughter, and my son, and me, and a big fat lady that had to turn sideways to get in the church through the doors. Me and my wife had an understanding. Well, if I get out, I can go out and smoke my cigarette. But when she sat down, I looked at her, and there was no turning back. I walked out of that place, and God saved me. I don't plan on looking back. I've come too far by faith. So this morning, I want to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus Christ to be your Savior? I'm going to ask you one of the most important questions I could ask you this. Have you received the baptism in the Holy Ghost? That's a very, very important question. My son read cross and the switchblade. My wife read cross and the switchblade. They had a bunch of drug addicts. And the ones that made it through was ones that were baptized with the evidence of talking in tongues. So my heart would say this. How are you standing with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you accepted Him into your life? Let us bow our heads. Father, we ask.